the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This hour of programming is pre-recorded. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, here we are, back again on AM 970, The Answer. Feels like I haven't been here in a long time, but you know who's here with me? Joni Pelzer. You're on, Joni. Joni, you were already on. I was not. I was not on. Okay, well. I was not on. I turned my mic Say hello. I personally turned it down. Hello, everybody. And you've been, what a day you've had. Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit busy. Hello, Sambolino. Hey, how we doing? How we feeling? We're good. We're good. Long, it's uh, a long day. Crowley's getting a lot of mileage out of you today. Yeah, huh? a little bit. A little bit. I would say it's going to be a 20-hour 20 20 day. I, I got up at 4, and if I'm gauging things right, I'll probably hit the pillow around midnight, and that's about 20 hours. So that's a day. Drive in with Piscopo, drive home with Arthur. But yeah. Drive har- in with Arthur today. Yeah, but it was. I had a great time this morning. Uh, actually, P- Piscopo opened the show with me calling in from 3 a.m. in in California because he was on Fox and Friends first. Um, so, I mean, no one's going to challenge his work ethic. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on though in the last how many hours was I on ago? That's two, and then that is another six. Like in the last eight hours. Um, so, I spoke about this. I think this morning. I think. Um, there was, I did speak about it now that I hear it. There was a man on the train, um, an F train in lower Manhattan. Now that's a train we all ride here. That's the, that's the orange line, the BDF. I think it was called the IND, um, back in the day. They don't really use those things anymore. BMT, IND, IRT. Um, so the guy is on the train and Jordan Neely is, was his name. He's deceased now. He went on an aggressive rant, um, screaming and yelling, throwing garbage at people. He was, I mean, they're calling him a disturbed homeless man. And a strap hanger, uh, also known as a train rider, um, who was 24 years old, came up behind him and put him in a chokehold and brought him down to the ground. And actually another, uh, another strap hanger I think was there as well and then the third one was actually a a guy named Alberto Vasquez who's a freelance journalist he filmed the video of them um, bringing this guy down now 
the description of the deceased as being an unhinged individual yelling at riders that he didn't have food or drinks and he doesn't care if he goes to jail. Um, he had been threatening other riders. Again, he was throwing garbage at them. But here's the issue. They, the 24-year-old Marine who, I mean, there's clear f- photographs of this. There's no issue. This is not a, a who done it. I mean, it's obvious of who's doing what. 24-year-old, let's face it, Caucasian Marine, is choking the, um, I think he's 30-year-old African-American man. Well, there's another African-American man holding him down, holding the deceased down, holding his hands down. And uh, the the um, the Marine has a backpack on himself. And you can see he's, he's in a legit chokehold. Now, apparently he choked him for a while, like 15 minutes, they're saying. Um, at first the deceased was like flailing his arms and his legs, but then he was restrained by the third person. And, um, Vasquez said, he's the guy who's filming this all said, none of us who were there thought he was in danger of of dying. But listen to this next quote is, is a quote. We thought he just passed out or ran out of air. Well, when someone runs out of air. Uh, Joan, how would you describe that when someone runs out of there? Uh, I'd say they probably weren't breathing anymore. Yeah, and, that and they you, were dead. Right, and that, you know, all kidding aside, that, I mean, at the very least, you could, now you're causing brain damage. Um, the deceased apparently was living on the streets. He had a recorded history of mental illness. Uh, he, he lost his mother at a very young age. Mm-hmm. It looks like he grew up on the streets. Uh, it's interesting, though, the people who are chiming in. So here's what happens. Initially... Initially, so the EMTs get there, they try to revive him, they can't, and he dies. Um, Initially, they took the Marine into custody, but then uh, they released him. So, now this is a homicide. There is no statute of limitations. So they have plenty of time to figure out what they're going to do. They probably try to keep track of the Marine, somehow or another. City Comptroller Brad Lander decried the fatal incident, tweeting, New York City is not Gotham. We must not become a city where a mentally ill human being can be choked to death by a vigilante without consequence or where the killer is justified and cheered. Well, if the killer is justified, that's called self-defense. It's, it's actually called the the defense of justification. So it's interesting when when politicians who are not attorneys and don't do this area of the law delve into it. So I'm going to read the quote again from the New York City Comptroller Brad Lander. Quote, New York City is not Gotham. We must not become a city where a mentally ill human being can be choked to death by a vigilante without consequence, period. Or where the killer is justified and cheered. Well, again, if a killer is justified, then maybe they should be cheered. So let's just say... This deceased had a knife or a gun, mm-hmm. and the vigilante subdued them and maybe did kill him. You're allowed to use deadly physical force against a deadly physical force. Well, maybe under those circumstances, someone is justified and someone should be cheered. Um, Dave Geffen, who's the executive director of the Coalition for the Homeless, um, he's blaming the governor, Governor Hochul, and the mayor saying that the incident is a travesty and that the incident is yet another reminder of Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams' complete failure to provide the critical mental health services desperately needed by so many people in our city. Look, there is no doubt that 
there are mentally ill people in our city. Um, Joan, you saw yesterday at San Bolino. Mm -hmm. During our whole taping, there was a woman who... We're kind of assuming she's a woman because I spoke to her afterwards, but her face was fully covered. She was completely covered. Sunglasses, right. head yeah. covered, I mean, we, mask we on. We would never be able to body identify completely her. completely covered. Yeah, but she, um, yeah, she was clearly homeless. I mean, she was walking she around with three bags. The bags and yep. A, yep. A, an odor surrounding her. But I spoke to her afterwards. She watched the whole show. Um, and I spoke to her afterwards. We offered her food. We offered her drink. You guys were amazing. Like when you I say offered I... her food, like there was food on the table. Like, yeah. I didn't offer. I was like, yeah, I go, nobody touched this. It was hummus with. I don't think with, she took it. She didn't. No. It was hummus with with uh, celery and carrots. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, why don't you just have this? She's like, no, 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 I'm okay. I was like, you, you know, were so good to her, actually. Yeah, yeah we were chatting for a little yeah. while, um, and. and you know, it's weird because I'm going to say I can't say she was mentally ill because she didn't act. She wasn't. We had a normal conversation. Mm -hmm. But can you say that someone's mentally ill who's living like that? I mean, her hands were filthy. Her clothes were filthy. Mm -hmm. Her bags were filthy. She was wrapped in something. Yeah, yeah. like some sort of tarp or something like that. Um, but there's no doubt that uh, we're not doing is the best that we can. When it comes to people who are mentally ill, there's no doubt about no. it. Um, and I don't know who has the answer. I, you know, people are blaming the governor. People are blaming the mayor. Obviously, the buck stops there. Um, I mean, today from being in Lower Manhattan to here in the office, and then I had to go a little bit uptown and coming back. Sure, that I see a, a. I can't say though, Joan. I saw like a ton of homeless, mentally ill people. I have okay a lot lately especially in the times well, maybe now area. The, maybe that the weather's a little warmer yeah. and yeah you know i mean did i see a dozen yeah but i mean that's a dozen between wall street and i was all the way up on 56th and third yeah. i mean we're not seeing tent cities like in the other no cities. oh i mean i when you go to washington dc joe and they have like all, all of these little parks we have they have tents. san francisco too they have tents like yeah. they're living in the tents they had one down by the river near me actually and it was taken down well, obviously, look, this guy, the the, the deceased here, yeah. was he was he an impersonator or something like that? Or am I messing this story up? No, and in fact, uh, I'm reading another story that says the hold on the video lasted two minutes fifty five seconds before the man was released. So I, I don't know. Honestly, yeah, so this says, is an outrage. Here's the Daily News I just read. Outrage mounts over chokehold death of Michael Jackson impersonator in clash with the U.S. Marine. Outrage is bouncing over the death of a homeless, mentally disturbed Michael Jackson impersonator who died on a Manhattan subway train. So at some point, this guy seemed to have his act together. But obviously, the train went off the track, sadly. Yeah, there's pictures of him, Jordan Neely, the deceased, looking like Michael Jackson. But at some point, he lost his mind and acted totally inappropriate. Someone took the matters in their own hands. And now, when you're the DA, when you're Alvin Bragg or any of the other DAs, you are now faced with this predicament to charge or not to charge and I guess what he could do Alvin Bragg is put a very balanced presentation into the grand jury let them hear all the facts let them call all the witnesses and let the grand jurors decide what they're going to do let the citizens of Manhattan decide what they're going to do these are the kinds of cases that they should be dealing with 
not Donald Trump BS cases. We'll be right back. We got Frank Sedio coming up and George Grasso, the candidate for Queens District Attorney. Don't go away. Based on healthy non-smoking 30-year-old female with a 20-year term policy rates may vary. Eligible policies and estate planning tools can vary by state. It's a busy life. You have enough to worry about. So here's a great way to check life insurance off your list. It's called Ethos. With the thought of medical exams, forms to fill out, and the cost, it's easy to see why life insurance can fall to the bottom of your to-do list. But at Ethos Life, we've got your back. For about a dollar a day, you could get a quarter million dollars in term life insurance without a medical exam. Just go online, answer a few health questions, and snap, family protected. You could get a quote in seconds, apply in minutes, and be covered in hours. No medical exams, no blood tests, no hassle. Right now, with your purchase of an eligible policy from Ethos, you'll get something else important to your family. Tools to create a legal will. A $449 value, yours free. Ethos, the 100% online, hassle-free way to get affordable life insurance. Get your free online quote now at ethoslife.com. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors & Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718-238-6500. With offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island, it's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors & Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Just too good to be true. Oh, nice song, Sam Bellino. Although, I mean, is this really what we're going to sing to Frank Sedio? I mean, maybe if uh, he like, may appreciate it. Well, I'm sure Frank Sedio appreciates the song, but I mean, it's a little. Don't you think? I mean, I thought it was good. Sounds good to me. All right, you all right with this, uh, Uncle Frank? Yeah, good? absolutely. Brother. All right, all right. Here we have the great Frank Sedio on. The phone with us. How are you doing there? Uh, I don't know what to call you. Judge, assemblyman, county leader, uh, surrogate. What do you want? Uh, I like friend, Arthur. That's uh, always the best. The best police officer, uh, the guy who ran the parades in the city. Um, so, You know, it could almost be considered that I can't keep a job. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. That's very good. So, so, so I have a new name for you now, Arthur. The voice of reason. On oh. New York City Radio. I like that. I think I, that uh, I, I listened to you this morning over on, uh, on the Pesquale show. And, uh, of course, I listen to you anytime I hear you. And uh, But the truth of the matter is, I think you just bring a certain element to this uh, to, to our listeners that it's not matched by anybody. You know, everybody's sincerely opinionated. And you've always let 
you've always served as a listener to other people's opinions, and I think that's a strong, strong uh, compliment well, on I how well you I, are on the radio. I, I appreciate that very much, and, and you know, I would like to think that what you're saying is accurate. And you know what I attribute that to, Frank, is like listening to talk radio my whole life. So I I try to conduct myself as a host thinking from the perspective of a listener and what a listener would like to know. So this morning on Piscopo, when I had The Economist on, I was asking all kinds of questions about, you know, the Fed's hike, the interest rates. How does that affect the housing market? How does that affect, how does that affect banking? Then I had an aviation expert on and how do these new FAA rules and how do they affect us as travelers? Now, these are questions that I have in my own head. And one of the questions that I, I asked for you to come on with, because I know you know so much about the city and how it works is look, I have a lot of friends who, you know, when they were younger and they were making uh, financial investments, they bought little apartment buildings, six units, 12 units. You know, I'm not talking about Steve Ross who owns the half the, half the city or the people who own the Empire State Building. I'm talking about the small property owners. And uh, with, when, you know, these guys have not been able to raise rents. For, for quite some time, rent-stabilized uh, units we're talking about. And uh, the Rent Stabilization Board met this week, or I should say yesterday, uh, the New York City Rent Guidelines Board, I should say. That's the correct uh, term for it. And there were protests uh, at the hearing itself, including by city council members, which I don't get that, right? I mean, conduct yourself like a... Yep. a elected official don't conduct yourself like a uh, a rabble rouser so tell us a little bit frank Sedio, about the rent guidelines well, board and, and what took place well i will start by saying that uh, many people who are in elected office have only one interest in mind themselves so whatever the issue is that's going to look popular they'll be a part of you know it could be uh, uh chasing dogs down the street to pick up doo-doo uh, and and it's just amazing uh unfortunately how little uh, uh, regard they have for the actual issues of of the city uh, rather than going with the popular thing. It's always unpopular to raise rents. I mean, that's a standard thing. A lot of people forget in New York City that there are seven tenants to every landlord in New York City. Now, you and I have lived in neighborhoods that are pretty much one and two and three-family homes, so we don't see it as much. But for the majority of the city, uh, that's, that's a fact of life. So when elected officials look at politicians or whatever we want to call them these days, uh, look at uh, uh, an issue, they look at it and how is it going to affect me and my vote? And that's one of the big problems. But we, there's got to definitely be a raise in rents of some sort that's reasonable. And I know they're presenting a number of issues right now that should allow for the first time in a long time any rent increase. Uh, so you what they're talking about, Frank, just so – just so our listeners listen, the board agreed on a preliminary rent hike for voting for a two to five percent increase on one-year leases and a four to seven percent increase on two-year leases. And both both of those sound like reasonable uh, decisions on this, and it's taking into account the enormous extra expenses we have for fuel, for electricity, for utilities. And for maintenance of a building. I mean, people are receiving more money. They're being paid more. Tax, the, uh, everybody who has an electric bill just has to look at it, and you can see why uh, there'd be a need. And it's we're not a socialist state. It's great to have a place for people to live in, and, and, and there should be an advocate for tenants. But everything has to be with reason, and that's why I use that term for you. This is the, 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 both of these are very fair, in my mind, 
uh, recommendations in terms of rent uh, guidelines for this. Well, you know, uh, what, one of the. Let me just tell you what, yeah. Ann, Ann uh, Korchak, she's the board president of the Small Property Owners of New York. She wrote, the rent-stabilized housing stock is old. It's aging. Old buildings need constant, constant upkeep, constant attention, constant maintenance. Rent is how a building owners cover those expenses. And, you know, they wanted a, a much bigger uh, increase. They wanted, I think, 16%. Uh, and they wound up at the highest number here is on a two-year lease. They may get 7%. I will tell you, uh, Mayor Eric Adams said that he thinks 7% is too high and that people won't be able to pay their rent. But it's not an easy answer. There, there is no easy answer. But you're, you're accurate about everything. She, Her statement is, is absolutely accurate about the costs and things. And we have to be reasonable because here's the other side of it that landlords are not in the business of losing money. And if they reach a point where they have to look at that factor, we're going to have one or two things occur. We'll have the, the disaster of the 70s where we had empty buildings sitting all over the city of New York. I can remember driving as a police officer in, in East New York, driving down Pennsylvania Avenue in 1975, 76, and looking at abandoned buildings throughout East New York, throughout Bushwick, all of those places, I, I remember commenting to my uh, partner at the time, I said, look at this, at this rate we could go back to farms. There were so many <laughs> houses knocked down because uh, with empty lots. And to the credit of many good people, and I'll speak about one of them, Vito Lopez, who built, built real affordable housing in Bushwick. And in fairness, if a landlord can't be expected to lose money, I'm not saying they should make a bundle, but there's certainly a need to be allowed to make a profit on your property. Uh, and it shouldn't be uh, some extraordinary thing. There has to be a balance, and I believe these numbers pretty much sound like a balance. 7% may be a little high, but in some circles, uh, 7% isn't a lot. By the way, one of the other problems we have with landlords is the, uh, and especially in the smaller homes, two, three, four, five-family homes, that um, people have a t- terrible problem in getting rid of tenants who are not paying or oh, yeah. creating a problem. Oh, eviction is almost impossible. The was enormous. The eviction's almost enormous. Eviction's almost impossible. Well, I can tell you that I'm proud to say that I advocated for, and they did institute in Brooklyn, in Kings County, one special part in the in the housing court that just dealt with family with five and lower family house house tenants. So if you have a house that's up to uh, that you own that's up to five tenants, you're able to go into this particular part. It's faster. It's easier, and and there's a real understanding. Uh, of the needs of the owner of the house as much as that. And these are mostly, for that matter, most of these are uh, uh, resident-owned houses. They live there, the, the landlords live there, and they rent to other people. And it's gone a long way to help in easing some of the problems, which, by the way, also include uh, foreclosures, because as people can't collect the rent and then money that they need to run the building, they're not able to pay the bills, and uh, it created a, a dirt of uh, foreclosures for the longest time, especially during the pandemic. So, Frank, uh, let me I ask you a quick question. We got about really three minutes to go. Let's talk about the the state budget. It was uh, it was a month late, uh, and my understanding is some of that had to do with Governor Hochul trying to push the legislature on some more significant bail reform than she was actually able to get passed. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the the state budget process. You were an assembly person. You know how it works very well. Uh, give us, Frank, said, give us your well, thoughts. I think- I give the governor credit for not worrying about 
making the making the deadline, but getting what she thought she needed. And like everything in the legislature, it's compromise. The, the the three bodies have to work together to find something that they can all have that mean that helps their constituents, help the needs. The governor did the right thing by waiting and holding off on the budget. She didn't get everything she wanted, but I think there's a real step in the right direction with her ability to now give judges more discretion than they had in the past when it comes to uh, people who are coming before them, especially, and most especially, to contain the, those who are there multiple times for the same crime. I think, well, you know, I think people care more about the guy who goes in the store and steals 50 times than they do sometimes about the, the, uh, the, the major crimes uh, that occur. Frank, I don't, know if, if you, if it was you, I don't know if it was you who told me, but one thing that they didn't pass that they should have, on any crime, any crime, if the defendant who's before the judge for the first time after arrest has any sort of significant warrant history. So if they've already shown, I'm going to thumb my nose at the system and I'm not going to come back to court, that should push aside the current bail laws and this judge should be able to, over, it should be like an override and say, look, even though this is not a bail eligible case, you've now shown us the last two times you were arrested, you didn't come back. So now I'm sending bail in the amount of $1,000 on you to see if you can put that up and come back. What are your thoughts, Frank Sedio? I think it's a great idea. I know that they're, they're, they're striving to do that. I don't think they've reached that point yet. But, every, you know, unfortunately, the changes that we made in 2019, um, and I'm sorry to say to uh, our former governor, Andrew Cuomo, who's a dear friend, uh, I think were a big mistake. I think they went too far. And it's almost Herculean to change these each year. But you know what? We need, to, we need to hold the people who have passed these laws accountable. And one of the great problems is that it's a big secret. Nobody knows who's against these things because they get voted on in the budget and not in an individual vote on the issue. It would be very nice to hear that Assemblyman member so-and-so uh, didn't vote for this or was against right. it. Well, Frank, I gotta, uh, I'm going to go up against the break. If you listen to the show on Friday, I have Ingrid Lewis-Martin coming on, and she's going to talk about the city and the state budget. So that'll be a great show on Friday. Thank you for uh, finding the time, Frank Sedio, and I'll see you in a little while, my friend. I'll look forward to it, my friend. Take care. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Judge George Grasso, who has stepped down off the bench, and he is running for Queens District Attorney. Don't go away. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's Wellness Night, and that means Dr. Jeanette Nishwat uh, stops by from the Fox News Medical All-Star team, and we'll visit with our good friends from Plaza College in the dental hygienist department there. That's all tonight, starting at 7. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Dennis Prager here. Visit the Holy Land with me and inspiration cruises and tours. No other trip will be like it. The Stand with Israel tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit standwithisraeltour.com. 
So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. Well, the... Uh the next guest we have here on the Power Hour here on a, a Wednesday evening is uh, is definitely a man, and he is a very well-known man in the city of New York. Today would have been James Brown's 90th birthday. Happy birthday, James Brown. Um, George Grasso was a very, very high-ranking uh, member of the New York City Police Department. 
He then uh, somehow in the other, while he was a police officer, became a lawyer. Then he became a judge. Then he became the supervising judge, I believe, first of arraignments and then of the county of Queens. And he has now stepped down uh, from his uh, very high position. I mean, when you're an administrative judge of one of the five boroughs, that is a very prestigious job. And I'm not saying it's a it's an easy job, but it's you know it's 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 a very nice job. Let me put it that way. And yet he's making a real sacrifice to give up the prestige, the car, the driver, the respect that you get, taking off his robes and going to the streets to do once again as he did as a police officer, hand to hand combat, fighting crime as he uh, runs for the seat of District Attorney of Queens County. Welcome to the Author Idola Power Hour, Judge George Grasso. How are you, Your Honor? Great to be with you, Arthur. Thank you for that very kind and generous introduction. Well, actually, if I may, Judge, I don't really think it was that generous. I think I think I just kind of gave your actual, your honest resume. I mean, you know, you, you really rose up the ranks in the NYPD. You were very high in one police plaza. Um, you, you were a lawyer, then you were a judge. You rose up the ranks to be very, very high up in the judiciary here in the city of New York. And look, let's face it. It's, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to belittle it, but it is a little bit of a cushy job. I mean, it's a great job to be an administrative judge. You have a lot of power. You get a lot of respect. You get a car, you get a driver. You know, it's a big deal. You got a beautiful chambers and you decided and against probably what most people would do, say, you know what, this isn't enough. I have not served enough. I could serve more. I can make my county a better county. And you st- you gave all of that up to really go on the streets and go to supermarkets and train stations and fundraisers to run for the Queens County seat of, of district attorney because what you told me is, you know, we could do better. So, Judge George Grasso, tell us, when you're the district attorney of Queens County, if you are elected, tell us what you're going to do to make Queens a safer place. Well, thanks. And you're, you're right. Uh, being the administrative judge in Queens County Supreme Court criminal term, uh, you know, I wouldn't exactly say it was a, a cushy job. I mean, it took work. It was important. But my grandfather came here from Italy in 1921, and he was a bricklayer. So not exactly laying bricks. Uh and, and I did work my way up. I started as a beat cop in Queens, working out of uh, the 113 in Southeast Queens, St. Albans, Jamaica, Laurelton. And I went to law school at night, St. John's, with the NYPD scholarship. And uh, I did rise very high. Five years general counsel of the NYPD, deputy commissioner of legal matters between 97 and 2002. And then Ray Kelly, when he came back in as police commissioner the second time, honored me with the position of first deputy police commissioner, by the way, the highest rank ever held by an Italian-American in the NYPD, which I held from 2002 to 2010. Then I worked my way up supervising judge in in the Bronx as well for six years before I became the administrative judge in Queens. But here's the deal. And you're as much of a New Yorker and streetwise as anybody. Something... Something is rotten in Denmark right now, so to speak, with respect to the state of affairs, the outrageous rate rises in crimes throughout the city, particularly in certain sections of Queens. We are seeing some of the most dramatic increases. I call this 
very deliberately, a politically driven crime wave. This legislature in 2019, with led by Governor Cuomo, who signed the bill, the so-called bail reform, discovery reform, you're practicing in the criminal courts. You know what I'm talking about. They threw public safety under the bus. And by the way, the so-called fix that Governor Hochul proudly announced in the last couple of days, let me be clear on my views on that. Total sham. A sham. First of all, they did nothing about the discovery laws. And to those who aren't practicing attorneys like us, the worst part, in my opinion, is they attached discovery time, the, the discovery to um, 3030, meaning the speedy trial clock. We've got situations now where in a place like Queens County, in, in, in the last year where I've got solid numbers for, only 5% felony conviction rate on arranged felony. Where, where are the victims in this, Arthur? What if it was you or me or our parents or, or our spouses or our children? Victims of serious felony. And, and they're being dismissed, these cases. And, and assistant district attorneys are jumping ship all over the city because it's, a, it's, it's not something that should have ever been connected. As a judge for 13 years, when we had discovery that you can sanction, you don't go right to dismissal, which the, which the legislature mandated. So they didn't even touch that. And Mike McMahon is the one DA in New York who is really standing up on this. Melinda Katz, nowhere to be seen. She'll put something on her website. She'll whisper somewhere. There was a group of DAs that were trying to push, including Darcel Clark and Eric Gonzalez, that tried to push the governor on this. They said, Melinda Katz, well, she kind of supports them, but she's not part of the group. We need leadership now. We're not getting it. The bail laws, they, what we need, let me be clear, a dangerousness standard. If someone is a repetitive recidivist offender and they keep getting arrested and they're, not, and they're, and they're getting warranted instead of coming, we can't have this unqualified, half the penal law, unqualified offenses. Deal all you want, sell all the drugs laced with fentanyl that you want over and over and over, and the judge can't say, you know what, you're a, you're a danger to society. I'm going to put bail on you. This is not novel. 49 other states and the federal government okay. have So, it. Judge, I got I, okay, I to stop you now, be, only because okay. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, and I think we need to give Governor Hochul a little credit because she tried to push the legislature. The legislature wouldn't budge. And you're right, it's a sham for them to take credit. Oh, we changed this because they didn't really change much at all. But if you're the district attorney, you really don't have power to change those bail laws. So you got to play the, the, the cards, the hand that, that you're dealt. I'm going to give you a scenario. I don't know, and I, I'm not looking to put you on the spot, Judge, but you've handled so many of these cases as a, as a cop, as a lawyer, as a judge. Today, or yesterday that it happened, there's a homeless guy acting crazy on the, on the train station, throwing garbage at people, intimidating people. Uh, a, a Marine grabs him from behind, puts him in a chokehold, and kills him. If that happens in Queens County, you're the district attorney. Tell me the, the system or the process that you would go through to determining what the proper outcome is of that situation. So I'm aware of that case to the extent I read about it in the newspapers. And I'm gonna, I just want to start by saying this, to tie it into what I was just saying earlier. That case should have never happened. 
never happened. From public reporting, this individual had 40, 40, 40 priors attacking people throughout New York City. He was a walking time bomb with serious mental health issues. We have a system where the courts, the ability of judges like me, I was known actually as the program judge. I was like Nixon going to China when I became a judge. I created programs dealing with the opioid addiction and mental health right out of the criminal court in the Bronx primarily. And we were incredibly uh, successful. Our leverage has been destroyed. And by the way, I have to say, Arthur, and, you know, we go back a long time. I'm going to have to disagree with you on the governor. If I was governor, this issue was so important, I would have shut the budget process down, down until we got the right type of laws for public safety and, and, and the ability of judges to consider dangerousness. That's why you're the governor. But I, I don't think she's got that kind of juice, Judge. I just don't think she has. No, you, you know what they'd say? Fine, we'll wait it out, and you could shut down the go- you could shut down the state government. Your employees won't get paid. The people who get paid by the city, including the district attorneys and their assistants, who don't get paid. So you know who's going to really suffer now? The the I, I understand what you're saying, and somehow or another, uh, Andrew Cuomo figured out how to get done whatever hell he needed he needed to get done. As did I believe George Pataki, but I don't think Governor Hochul has that kind of clout. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not letting Andrew Cuomo off the hook on this. He got whatever he wanted, George. Let me finish. Let me finish. Andrew Cuomo signed this bill in 2019. The most sweeping changes to the criminal justice system by far in all, certainly in our lifetime, if not ever. He signed it. And by the way, where were the victims? Did they bring victims? Oh, sure, they brought Vera. You know, they, they brought the, 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 the advocates, the advocates for, re, for release, no bail, no, and they let them write the bill. Okay, Judge, where I got two minutes left. Where I want to ask like me. Okay. I want to ask you about this particular no case. If, you, if you're the DA, if you're the DA, yeah. what do you do? You have a deceased now who, well, you know, he wasn't wielding a gun. He wasn't wielding a right. knife. He was screaming and yelling, acting like a nutjob, and now he's dead. And you have a 24-year-old Marine who killed him. There's no doubt about that. So now you're the DA. How do you handle the case? Well, you've got to do an investigation, obviously. There were a lot of witnesses on that train. There was video. video. You're You're going to look at the video. You're going to talk to the witnesses. The autopsy is crucial. The autopsy is crucial. So what is the ME going to say the actual cause of death was? And you're going to put together, the, you know, how much of, an, of a clear and present danger was this individual? So for me, the, you know, that's what you do. That's what you do. And then you try and make a fair and objective decision. But everybody on that subway car, including this Marine, based on what we know, was subjected to a deranged individual who appeared to be at least acting in a threatening manner from what I've read in public articles. So I go, so regardless of this, so I told you how I would do the investigation. But let the legislature, this legislature and this governor, they and, and district attorneys like Katz and Bragg in Manhattan, the only DA really, well, you got, you got McMahon really leaning in in New York City, and then you got David Soares, Democrat, African-American male in Albany. He tried to lean in this budget process and weigh in. 
and they did, they disinvited him. The only reason I know how he was going to testify, and you know because I know you follow this stuff, is because the New York Post printed his testimony. So we need leadership in this state. Judge George Russell, just tell us, when, when is the election? When is your election, Judge? The, ele- the election, I'm in the Democratic primary June 27th. Early voting starts Jan- June 17th. I'm also creating a public safety line. Got already well over 4,000 signatures. So no matter what happens in the primary, people can vote for me on November 7th. Go to GrassoForQueens.com if you want more information as to how I'm going to solve this. And I can fix it because I fixed it with Bill Braddon before. Top two items on my platform, bring back quality of life enforcement and create a mental health bureau. There you go, George Grasso. George, I hope you can come back on before uh, before the election and we'll keep talking, okay? Looking forward to it, Arthur. All right, Judge. Keep on fighting out there. Folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. Oh, my God, the show's over. Only my fifth hour of radio today. We'll be right back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Think of your favorite beverage or meal that you love to order at your favorite eatery. Now think of how good that makes you feel after just that first bite or sip. For kids and starving families in Latin America and the Caribbean, they don't have that luxury. They struggle to get by on mere dollars per week just to support and feed their families. But you can change that. You can change a life, save a family, and donate by dialing 855-919-4673. That's 855-919-4673. All it takes is a one-time donation of $144 to feed an entire family of four for the next year, thanks to our friends at Food for the Poor. Food for the Poor is then able to provide reliable drinking water and nutritious food in a safe and timely manner. You can change a life, save a family, and donate by dialing 855-919-4673. You can also give online as generously as you possibly can by clicking on the red Give Food banner at the top of am970theanswer.com. Folks, have you heard that our morning host Joe Piscopo and Steve Perillo have put together a special intimate trip to Rome and Sicily for our AM970 listeners? Do you want to go? It's simple. Just call 800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, and say, I want to go to Apollonia's hometown with Joey P. Please make it happen. How does that sound? You go to Rome for three nights, including a special intimate performance by Joe Piscopo. Then you fly directly to Sicily, visiting Catania, Taromina, and Palermo. See medieval towns like Savoca and Forza de Agro in Messina. Why these towns? Because we're going to visit some of the iconic sites from the famous Godfather movie. How cool is that? Can't leave Sicily until you have a wine tasting in the shadow of Mount Etna. You'll do that too. And then on to Palermo for three more nights. Nine nights in all. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Be a part of this special event. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. Palmer originally recorded, this is Robert Palmer, recorded the song as a duet with Chaka Khan, but due to contractual problems, her voice was removed. And I think Chaka Khan got nominated to uh, to be eligible to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today as well. Um, I just want to um, start off our last segment here of the evening on a Wednesday night by apologizing to Joan Pelzer. She was really mad at me um, yesterday. 
I don't know which one of the insults. Why really was got she so upset? Right? I don't know. Sam Ballin, what did you think? Wasn't she? I didn't like the chromosome she one. Sh- no, I, I think she showed up upset. She yeah, seemed she was- very, she was definitely out of sorts. Normally <laughs> she shot out of a cannon. She was like a deflated balloon when she got Joan, there. Joan, you can defend yourself. I was very nervous because I wanted everything to be perfect. We had never done this at Grand Central. And I, I was I didn't a say worried. A, I didn't say a full chromosome. He said it's like you're missing half, half. a chromosome. Okay, it's just like a little half. You didn't make fun of Sambolino. Oh, I did. Well, I'm pretty sure. How many, fun food, of how many food jokes were made yesterday? Oh, that's true. I that's made, true. And I made that fun of Andy Gladding about getting me feedback. I made fun of Diana a million times. Yeah, you you made it fun, was too much. I know. You did make fun of Diana a lot. Right? Get, get us upset. We just make you sound good. That's all. I will tell you, I got some. We I got think some, I hear Diana laughing in the other room. We got some great feedback. Let me just see if... Let's see. She's not still out there talking to that couple? You know that you guys have to remember who you're dealing with. I am a perfectionist. And when I don't have full control of a situation, I get very upset. This is what Andy wrote. Oh, no, I don't know. Andy wrote that we got, like, beautiful reviews from people who spoke to him unsolicited. Just people were like, He said people were listening to his name being said on the radio all of a sudden, and they were like, wait. That's that's our Andy. He's at a, an event. What event is he at? It was it was great. And I will tell you, I was coming. I went to a great event from a great event. So, Joan, I'm sorry. So I, you were a little already Joan, pumped uh, up. Joan, I, I, I take it back. Maybe you do have all your hormones. I mean, not hormones. Did I say <laughs> hormones? Sorry, chromosomes. Oh, sorry. I mean, maybe your hormones are messed up, too. Um are your hormones messed up too? No, no they're okay right now. I'm regulated. Okay. All right, that's good. <laughs> um, so I, I came from a great event. The great event was it's quite simple. Uh, I alluded to it yesterday. But, you know, growing up in my household, it, the, the, our door was always open, whether we lived in a small apartment in 107 93rd Street or whether we lived in, in the house where my parents live today. So my dad was always bringing people home. And throughout the, when I mean I was like four, five, six, seven, eight. And I was always in his world. Um, my dad worked in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office uh, under the great Frank Hogan, uh, who everyone at that table yesterday said he'd be rolling over in his grave if he knew what was going on in his office today. It's the same exact office that <clears throat> Frank Hogan worked in. Uh, the street is named Hogan Place after Frank Hogan, who was there for, I believe, three decades plus. Um so I was able to get together some of my dad's contemporaries. So to my immediate left at this round table in a great restaurant, Don Nico, in Little Italy, where they really treated us like royalty and the food was excellent. To my immediate left was Judge Michael Corriero, who's still he's uh, on the TV show Hot Bench. Uh, he still looks like a, a movie star at 80 years old. <clears throat> then next to him is my father. He was the elder statesman at 84. Next to him was Judge... Uh, Kevin McKay, he's weighing in at 80 years old. Next to him was Judge Dick Lowe, Richard B. Lowe third. I think he's 82 or 83. And to my immediate right was uh, Judge Dan Fitzgerald, who was also 82 or 83. Uh, three people at the table had canes. Um, and But I will tell you, as much as they enjoyed it, and they love seeing each other, and I got phone calls from everyone, a text message from everyone afterwards about how much they love it and can we do it again, and they thanked me for putting it together. Um, I was so happy to be there and just to be amongst these guys. And, um, you know, what Judge Grasso was talking about, and Frank said he would know it as well, like the courts have changed, and it's a lot of CYA. Um, 
you know, Judge Sedio said, oh, you know, it's all about politicians doing what's best for them. And obviously I'm not looking to throw the entire current judiciary under the bus, but it's just there, there's not people who have a lot of guts anymore. Roger Hayes would have been there, but he had some some uh, family in from out of town. You know, and all these guys, some of them came from different parts of the country to be at this lunch, which was a four-hour lunch, which was fantastic. And um, But, you know, these were guys who, because they were, quote-unquote, raised by Frank Hogan to do the right thing, to not play politics with people's lives, um, they made hard decisions that maybe sometimes weren't always so popular with them, with the defense attorney, with the with the prosecutors. But they did what they thought was right. Um, nowadays, it's I feel like the judges are much more guarded and they, they don't want to take any risks and they want to make sure they're not in the New York Post. The you know, New York Post used to have like a list of ten worst judges in New York and. Uh, but it, I will tell you, it was a joy being with these gentlemen. It was a joy hearing their war stories. Um, I, they made me promise we're going to do it again sooner than later. Um, and uh, I hope all of you, you know, getting people together, people who have a history together, there's just something very special about it. It's like if you go out with your high school friends or your grammar school friends, there's a feeling there that's just different than going out with others. And I I thrive on that. Um, I'm on my way to Ella B. Spumoni Gardens. I'm going to see Uncle Geraldo, Uncle Alan Dershowitz, Uncle Frank Setio, my parents, maybe Johnny Beach. Um, we're going to break a little bread and just have a little relaxing evening because, you know, I've been up since 4 o'clock in the morning. I have nothing else to do tonight. Oh, Luca's going to be there on a Wednesday. So um, and tomorrow I have court in the morning in the Southern District of New York. And then sadly, I have to go to awake in the afternoon, and we'll talk about that a little tomorrow. Then we're going to do the radio show, and then tomorrow night I have the Federal Bar Council um, down in, in Cipriani, Cipriani Wall Street. Um, so there's no grass growing under our feet over here. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show with Frank Sedio and Judge George Grasso. I'm going to go eat, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC. The preceding hour of programming was pre-recorded. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.